Um, okay, we're all here. So I'm going to call the meeting to order. And I'll read our little statement from the governor as usual. So um, it's 703. Welcome to the Medford Historical Commission. Um, pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, general law C30A paragraph 18 and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the City of Medford Historical Commission is being conducted via remote participation. No in-person attendance of, the, of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings as provided for in the order. A reminder that persons who would like to listen or view this meeting while in progress may do so by accessing the link that was included on the meeting agenda posted on the City of Medford website. If despite our best efforts, we are not able to provide for real-time access, we will post a recording of this meeting on the town's website as soon as we are able. And thank you as always to Medford Community Media for that. Okay, um, so we have a chock full agenda tonight, so let's get right to it. Um, we're gonna start with 202 Middlesex Avenue. Uh, tonight we are determining significance and what I'd like to do first um, is remind everybody that last month we accepted the application for demolition for this property at 202 Middlesex Avenue. Our consultant has researched the property and has provided what we call a form B, um, which is a description of the historical narrative of the property. Um, when we determine significance, I will just remind everybody of the bylaw. The bylaw defines significance as any building or portion thereof, which is not within a local historic district, subject to regulation under Mass General Law 40C, but which has been listed in or is the subject of a pending application for listing in the National Register of Historic Places, or has been listed in the Massachusetts Register of Historic Places, or was built within 75 years or older, which is determined by the commission to be a significant building as provided by subsection 48-78D, either because it is importantly associated with one or more historic persons or events, or with the broad architectural, cultural, political, economic, or social history of the city or the Commonwealth, or that it is historically or architecturally important in terms of period, style, method of building construction, or association with an important architect or builder, either by itself or in the context of a group of buildings. So that is what we are going to be looking at tonight for 202 Middlesex Ave. Um, uh, I'm not sure if everybody had a chance to review the form B and I can open it up to the commissioners for comments. Um, Doug, you're the first person I see to my left on my screen. So I'm gonna start with you. Okay. I did read the form B. Um, this building struck me as something that's, uh, I mean, I know this is actually uh, a part of Medford. I don't know all that well, but I know in my role in the CPC, we did do a big restoration project uh, at the park nearby. So I spent some time in this neighborhood recently and this building is, uh, a pretty solid example of, of, I guess, a Queen Anne from the late 1890s that is, I think, still got a lot of intact characters. So I think this one is, to me, is um, 
it seems to me that it's it's a pretty easy call for this one to be for me to see this one as significant based on what I see. The I mean, this is a real uh, this is a work of architecture. You know, this is more than just a typical house in Medford. You know, with that central tower and the two tones of the siding. And so the, even though some of the pieces have been obviously you know, not treated great over the years. I still think there's enough intact there, plus the full carriage house behind it, which gives it, to my mind, a lot of weight. So I, this one, to me, is a, a pretty easy call for it to be what I consider to be significant based on our criteria. Great, thank you. Um, hey, um, Ed is next on my... And if you're not ready, Ed, I can skip over you. Yep. Just another minute so I can look at the B again. Okay, sure. Peter, I'll bounce over to you in the meantime. Yeah, I did I did read the, the form B um, <clears throat> as well. And I agree with what Doug said. I think it's a very nice house. Um, it's a, a very nice piece of architecture. And... Also, it was associated um, with some well-known people. Um, it was in the, that Wellington um, original subdivision, uh, one of the original homes in that. And uh, uh, it was associated with, you know, some pretty important people in the history of Medford. So for me as well, I believe it's a no-brainer. To find it significant, so. Okay, great. Um, Ryan, I'll come over to you. Yeah, uh, just looking at the neighborhood context, Wellington developed as one of the last neighborhoods, so it's predominantly Queen Anne and, and late Victorian styles. Um, the this is one of the larger examples of houses. It's a lot of. Uh, mid-range housing I would say uh, in the in the neighborhood and a lot of it maintains a high degree of integrity this one is larger than most and I think even though it's it's larger and it may have vinyl siding on the outside it hasn't lost any of its integrity you know Doug mentions the carriage house we have uh, very few extant carriage houses standing in close association with the building um, you know, I, I think that that's an important and very relevant feature um, for this particular house. And I think the form does an excellent extent, you know, an excellent point in summarizing all of the highlights of this building. And, um, you know, I, I think it's worthy of, of our consideration. Great, thank you for that. Um, Ed, I'll bounce back to you. Uh, I will defer on the architectural merits uh, to those who are far more trained than I am. Uh, I think what's of interest to me is that, to be fair to the applicant, it looks like it uh, <clears throat> doesn't seem like they're you know, subject to the plan you know, as built being as proposed. It does not, you know, it looks like they're trying to keep the integrity up. Okay, thank you for those comments. Um, hey, Abby, would you like to speak on this? You're muted too. Um, 
Yeah, I think that there's a lot um, in the Form B. The architectural historians did um, a pretty thorough job going into a lot of the exterior detail that's still there. Um, there's the idea that the carriage house still has so many of the original materials and um, detail as well, and that that could be a model for how, um, how to restore the main house um, because the carriage house didn't get recited or whatever as frequently. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point. Um, the Form B also mentions that the lot was, um, when the Wellington subdivision was developed um, in the late 1800s, the lot was twice the size that it is now. And I think that sort of explains, this is, this is the bigger house. This is the showpiece of the neighborhood. Um, some of the other houses that were filled in around it are a little smaller, a little newer, but this was, um, this was definitely um, a very impressive house when it was built. Um, and I think a fairly, you know, a fairly interesting, uh, well-to-do family lived in it. Um, originally a large family with lots of kids. And um, so, so those details came from the Form B. I don't know if anybody else looked at the real estate pictures online, but you can see that the interior detail, there's still a lot. Um, inside the house that's still preserved. There's a fireplace, there's more than one beautiful uh, fireplace with all kinds of um, tile and glass. Um, there are these beautifully carved wooden um, stairway banisters. Um, it's an interesting house on the inside too. At, um, you know, at, at least fairly recently it was um, as of those photos. So um, yeah, I think that um, yeah, I think that our, our architectural historians wrote a form B that makes a strong case for preserving the physical building. Um, I have some, some thoughts on the family that lived there, but I'm actually not sure that they're relevant to this decision. So I'll bring them up when we're done voting, but, um, but I'm making my decision based on, uh, based on the form B. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's um, historically significant probably for me. Okay, great, thank you. I'll just say personally, I, even though I don't vote, um, you know, after reading the Form B, one of the interesting things that I thought um, that our consultant pointed out was that there's a high likelihood of shingles underneath the siding that's there. And some of the details of Queen Anne's that are so common and yet are likely covered up and could be in relatively good shape. And I thought that might be worthy of exploration to see if perhaps, you know, we can keep the exterior, um, you know, fitting in with the, the charm of the street and the neighborhood and just kind of paying tribute to this beautiful, um, you know, Queen Anne style home that is certainly stately um, and, uh, you know, a fixture on the street. And I think I would agree with regards to the carriage house, you know, we're losing so many of them. And I think any, you know, anyone that's still standing on any property is worthy of, um, you know, preservation and discussion. And I think from, you know, from what the petitioners said last month, that they're, they're not planning to do any, you know, I think they're planning to just keep that as a garage. Um, and, you know, it would be lovely to see that kind of, uh, near the exterior of the house and, you know, keep that as a stately piece, because again, those are so special personally. Um, 
And, you know, I think that someday we'll have ADUs, uh, accessible dwelling units, ac accessory dwelling units, and perhaps, you know, we can save more of our carriage houses in the future. Um, you know, that's, that's my two cents on, on this project. Um, I'd like to ask for our, one of our commissioners to make a motion. And then I wanted to just ask the petitioners if they had anything to say, um, you know, based on the form B, um, I'm not sure if they read it or if they had any kind of further thoughts on the pro on their project or on anything before we vote. Um, we didn't know how to get access to the form B. So we, we weren't, we actually didn't read it ahead of time. Oh, it's on our website. Okay. We're going to just pull it up. Sure. In the meantime, why don't I, um, I'll ask any of our commissioners if they would like to make a motion on this uh, for significance or for not significant. I'll do it. Um, I make a motion to find 202 Middlesex Ave significant um, under criteria three, section A for its important association with historic uh, persons and with the broad architectural and social history of the Wellington neighborhood and under criteria B for the historical and architectural importance for period, style, method of building construction and in a, uh, both by itself and in a context of a group of buildings. That's long. I'll, uh, whoever our note taker is, I'll make sure that motion is noted. Okay, so Ryan Hayward has made a motion to find four significance. Um, is there a second? Okay, Abby Salerno is going to second. Um, Mark and uh, Rebecca, you're, you know, if you have anything you'd like to say, you know, please feel free. And I apologize that, that you didn't realize that that link was there. No, no problem. Um, it's just that we're in, we're in the, uh, we don't know what, what that entails regarding what the next steps are with the property being significant or not. So it's kind of like we're, this is totally new to us. So we don't know what the process is with everything, even though we, we received, we did some research on the website, we received some information, but it's, it, we just need to get a clarification of what the next step will be um, with uh, this property to enable us to purchase it or what changes can be made. Um, what does it mean when it's significant? It's like, I just need to have a, a better understanding of what happens next with this property and when once everybody in the committee makes their decision what the time frame is for everything and that's that's where we where uh, where we're at because i mean we're not the owners we've made an offer on the property and everything is dependent on the historical commission's decision as you guys already know you gone through this you know the process but we don't know the process okay yeah. sure i'm happy to help explain that to you um i'm i'm pretty sure i sent you our our packet with our demo application in it and in that i think it's 10 or 12 page packet explains the whole process 
Um, there's an outline, there's a, a timeline on everything. Um, so basically what will happen after tonight, um, if there is a vote of significance found tonight, uh, the next step would be a public meeting to be held within 30 days to determine whether or not the property is preferably preserved. Um, if the uh, commissioners find that the property is preferably preserved um, at our November 9th meeting, then uh, an 18 month demo delay would be instituted on the property. If it's not found preferably preserved, then the, uh, the process is over and your demo permit would be um, granted. And why would it, um, I'm just wondering, why does it, why does it take 30 days? Is it because of COVID or is there anything that we could do? To, uh, Cause we have, I'm just thinking like, we're going to have to um, talk to the seller, the bank and everything that get all gets pushed back. So I know I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of questions to answer. Um, so can you explain to me um, why it takes 30 days? We Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, we have uh, notification requirements uh, after the determination of significance. So we have to post the meeting at least 14 days in advance in the newspaper uh, and online. And it gives, if we determine a building significant, it, it gives the public an opportunity to chime in on uh, what is happening to the historic resources within the city. So um, you know, it, it's, it's a requirement of the bylaw specifically to give people time to plan. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's important to note that we, we made all of this information available ahead of time, just so that we could be, you know, disclose all of this to you and to others, uh, to make sure that they're aware that, you know, it could take as little as 30 days, or it could take upwards of 60 days, given, uh, that it's a two-step process that first we determine significance, which is what's happening here tonight. And if we determine that it's significant, then we make sure that uh, the public has a chance to chime in as well. And, uh, you know, of course, you're not the only property here uh, that's undertaking this process. There's uh, at least three other applicants here tonight. So we just, you know, want to make sure that we're clarifying not just for, for you, but for everybody who's here uh, listening tonight. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, and I did receive the, the, the application and the 13 page or 12 page um, document. I did go through that, but it still didn't make any sense to me um, because I'm not used to that, all that, um, the whole process. So that's why I asked that question. It's not that I didn't read it or did my own research. It's just that I needed your, from your own words, what it means and, you know, and all that. But I appreciate your answer. Thank you. Sure, your, your and just, go oh, go, go ahead, Ryan, sorry. I was just going to say your feedback helps us uh, further, you know, if we find that there's deficiencies in the application, uh, you know, which we have had much feedback over the last decade, uh, you know, we appreciate hearing from people because we, we take that very seriously and we want to we be helpful. And our next meeting is November 9th. We met late this month because of Columbus Day. So our next meeting is actually three weeks. Um, so it'll be shorter. Um, Ryan, we can do shorter than 30 days. Oh, right? yeah. As long yeah. as we can get yeah, the two weeks, because we can still get the notice out for two weeks in the paper. Yep, that is right. Yeah, so it'll be less time actually um, for the next step. 
Okay. And um, since most have voted that it it's the property is significant. No, nope. we haven't we haven't voted yet. So just to be clear, we have not voted yet. But go ahead with your question. Okay. Um, so I'm just wondering what are the um, or maybe it can be answered next time. I'm not sure. Um, how does that affect changes or updates that can be made with the outside of the property to preserve? Because I heard somebody mention that they like the two-tone color or there's shingles under there. Um, and I'm just wondering, have whoever, whoever made those statements, have they physically gone to the property to, to make a determination, okay, is this deteriorating or, um, or what updates are actually needed to actually preserve the property or seeing the material on the house? Or I'm just wondering um, how far with the exterior can we go um, with the decisions that are being made or the um, comments that are being made? Well, we're, we're at the beginning of the process here. And um, so we, I, have, I don't know how many of the other commissioners have re reviewed the drawings. Um, I have. The, the siding really isn't mentioned in the drawings as far as I can tell. So um, that seems to be an open question at this point. But um, to going through the process, like Ryan said, it's a two-step two process in the beginning. First, we vote to see if we feel that the building is historically significant. So that's this, this meeting. Next meeting, we would vote to see if we feel that it's preferably preserved or not. And then if it is, then um, we, can, we have the power to uphold the statute and impose an 18-month demolition delay. Um, but at that time, you know, next time we would review the drawings and um, take any of your questions like that. Often we uh, visit the properties as well. So we'd be very happy to get your invitation to tour the property, both inside and out, if you wish. Talk about yeah. st things like that. So it's kind of an evolving process, but we don't want to get too, too far ahead because we're kind of not at the point of even having voted on if it's significant or not. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted to clarify, too, and, and to echo Peter's point that, that until... Uh, or if the demo delay is put on this building, uh, we're solely looking at the act of demolishing the building at this point or uh, partial removal of the building, uh, gut rehab, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, our focus right now until the, the process, our review process concludes is just looking at the demolition and then we, we dig into the drawings and um, you know, determine what's in the best interest. Um, you know, and, and some of that brings in uh, the fact whether or not the public chimes in or not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But if they do, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we hear them and that you hear them and that, uh, you know, that everybody's given a chance to voice their opinions on, on the demolition. And then from there, you know, see if we can't mitigate it. That's the, the right terminology is that we're looking to make sure that we, um, you know, review all possible alternatives to a very final act. You know, demolition is you know, irreversible in most cases, so. 
And we understand that there are multiple parties involved, especially where you're not actually the owner yet. Um, and that decisions, you know, you, you and your, your team on your side have to make decisions based on things that may or may not, you know, are a little bit of unknown. So, you know, I, like Ryan said, we have to go through the process and, you know, at certain stages we, you know, right now we're focused on the existing property and, you know, what's there and, and, and what is it and what needs to be, be preserved versus what's going to change and what's going to be built. You know, right now it's just, just about what's there. And then if, a, if a, a delay happens, then we start to talk about, okay, well, what can it be? And, you know, what um, changes would happen? Peter, could you, um, since you looked at the drawings that's being proposed, could you give us a brief one minute summary of what, that, what they're actually proposing from your perspective? I, I, I'm not clear on some of the exterior stuff uh, in terms of the siding, but it's basically, pretty much a complete gut on the interior. Um, they want to remove uh, this kind of side rear porch, I will say, and put an addition there, a small kind of sliver of an addition. Um, and that, and uh, so a couple of the other things that they do want to remove, uh, it looks like both uh, chimneys and fireplaces all the way up as far as I can tell. Um, and, but, and, and move a couple windows around, you know, um, it looks like they want to add a second parking bay in the, in the carriage house and maybe move a couple windows around there as well. So it's a pretty limited uh, demolition scope on the exterior. But, and I, I have to say the drawings aren't, don't really say anything about the siding or replacement windows or anything like that, so. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. I just, maybe, maybe it would make sense to have the owners uh, just clarify just again, I, I think we clarified this at the meeting. Uh, it's a complete gut rehab, right? Both inside and out. My understanding was that both exterior materials were coming off and interior was a complete gut. That is correct. Yeah. So that's, you know, again, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that it's it's worthy of commission review uh, and consideration, given that that this building's gonna gonna lose every every ounce of the historic fabric back to the frame and the, you know, the sheathing. So I think that's certainly plays into our consideration. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you all through this lively discussion. Um, so we have a motion on the table that's been seconded to find four significance at 202 Middlesex Ave. Um, I'm going to do a roll call as I see people in my screen and I will ask you to unmute yourselves and vote. Um, Doug Carr. Yes. Ed Wiest. Aye. Peter Miller. Yes. Abby Salerno. Yes. Ryan Hayward. Yes. Okay, so we have a, uh, that's five, right? No, excuse me, six, six, no, one. Oh, five. I'm sorry, I'm counting myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a long day. Five, zero, four significance. Um, so we will proceed to the step three of the public hearing and the determination of pre preferably preserved. Um, so we will make sure that you're on our agenda for next month. 
Um, I will also, um, we'll send you a copy of the public ads that go out. And um, we will see you at our meeting next month on November 9th. And let us know in the meantime, if you have any additional questions, feel free to email us. Or certainly if you have any more questions right now, we're happy to answer anything that you have right now. Um, I don't have any additional questions, do you? No, um, we just didn't get, the last time we just didn't get the, we had to, I had to send an email to verify that we were on the agenda. So I just wanna make sure that I don't, I, that I'm going to be in, well, we're going to be on the agenda for the November 9th and I don't have to like check in. We just have to call, I mean, go back to the same Zoom link and everything um, as this it, It'll be a new Zoom link and I'll make sure you get the new agenda with the new Zoom link on it. Okay, thank you. And we always meet at seven o'clock. So it'll be seven o'clock on uh, November 9th if I have the date correctly. Yes. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, okay. Um, okay, next up, um, we have 127 Sharon Street. Are the petitioners here for that? Okay. Um, so we are accepting a, a demolition application for 127 Sharon Street. Um, this is for the garage. Um, there a link. We uploaded all the documents to the Google Drive and we sent around a link. Um, so if everybody would like to take a look at that real quick and if somebody would like to make a motion to accept the demolition application at your at, at anyone's convenience. Um, just want to clarify it. It is a garage, but it is, it dates to a, between 1889 and 1897. So it was likely a carriage house, uh, but I'm going to recommend that it be sent to the subcommittee to expedite review. Um, I don't think it's worthy of the, the level of the carriage houses that we've seen in the past. So I think it's, uh, I think it's okay to send this to the subcommittee based on our previous directive. Um, you can see that there's information in their photos. Um, so I'll motion to accept the application as complete and to send it to subcommittee to expedite approval. Second, I agree 100%. Okay, great. Um, did, would any, is there any comments on this that anybody would like to make before I go around for a vote? Um, I just want to call people's attention to, um, and maybe the owner can clarify, uh, 127, 129 uh, Sharon Street, the home is an existing 19th century home that dates to the same period as the carriage house. Uh, my understanding is it's a complete gut rehab as well. Uh, I don't think the building has the same level of integrity as say 202 Middlesex, uh, but I just want to call people's attention that uh, we, we called this building out as, we flagged this building as, being uh, potentially reviewable and uh, we haven't had any paperwork on it yet. So um, I just wanna make sure that the commission is aware that uh, by signing off on this garage, we may enable this project to move forward. So before we uh, move forward with that process, is there you know, basically any comments from the commission? 
And there are plans attached to the application for the house. If, um, if anybody would like to look at those. So we expect an application, a demo application for the house. I don't know. I think that this is the question of, do we want to review this, the house as well? Cause right now they're only giving us an application for the garage. Um, and, you know, I think given the level of, you know, extensive plans here that, you know, I think it's up for discussion on whether or not we would like to ask for a review of the house as well. Right. I don't, I don't think the, uh, the changes to the proposed to the existing building are uh, the extent of 202 Middlesex. I think that they're largely just, you know, replacing in kind. I, I don't see as many window door changes, massing, etc. So I, I would be okay to pass on this one. I mean, it looks like they're basically keeping the front house with a rehab and then adding a second one to the back that looks, you know, comparable. Uh, seeing and hearing no comments, I uh, I move the original question. Okay, so we'll um, so we will have a motion to put uh, the garage demolition at one twenty seven one twenty nine Sharon Street to subcommittee for expedited review. Um, I have a motion that was made and seconded. I'm going to go around for a vote. Um, so, Doug? Yes. Peter? Yes. Um, Abby? Uh, I abstain. Okay. Ryan? Yes. Ed? Yes. Okay. So, we have a 4 0 vote to push this to subcommittee. Um, so, we will um, review the demolition of the garage and we will. Uh, get that back to, um, to the petitioner, to the Nelson group um, within a couple of days and um, we will go from there. Thank you. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, What's next, Jen? Um, let's go. I see that. Um, well, I see Mr. Durham's here. Um, yes. So why don't we pivot over to um, uh, to that project real quick and let me forward that email around to the commissioners. Doug, I, do you want to? I, I think I sent it to everyone right about the beginning of the oh, meeting. Thank you. So they okay. should have it in their inbox if they, and you should as well if you want to put it on screen. Oh, yeah. Let me, um, hold on. Yeah, it's, it's it's in the it is in the inbox. Yeah. Yep, I have it right here. Thank you. Did you un unmute, Mr. Durham? Oh, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. Thanks for squeezing me in tonight. I appreciate it. Sure thing. I'm just gonna download everything so I can share my screen and. Yeah. So, Mike, I forwarded your email with all the attachments to all the commissioners. We're going to put some of it on screen. You can summarize what we did with the CPC the, uh, last week, week before, sure. and what you're looking for. So, uh, I'll just give you the, the quick summary. I, I have five projects. Every single project was submitted to me by residents who live in the neighborhood. 
Um, they didn't want to individually sponsor the projects themselves. So I took it upon myself to kind of catalog them all, go out, photograph them, reach out to a, uh, a uh, specialist contractor, got quotes, submitted them to the CPC. I uh, thought I had all my uh, T's crossed and I's dotted. And uh, I guess I forgot to get the letter of support from everybody here. So bear with me. <laughs> There's five memorials. There's uh, the Cook Memorial. That's a U.S. Navy aviator killed in World War II in a Pacific, um, uh, Pacific theater. Griffin Memorial uh, for a Marine who was killed in action, World War II, and uh, close ground combat in the South Pacific. Markey Memorial, similar circumstances. Uh, Marine Corps Memorial from World War II, ground uh, combat death. The Prescott Memorial, uh, United States Army, World War II, died in the Bataan Death March in the Philippines. And then there's the Ward 6 Honor Roll plaque uh, for all KIAs from World War I. Um, from Ward 6, uh, approximately $2,835 each to restore, and that's uh, clean, resurface, reseal, and uh, they're also going to do the landscaping and lighting. Uh, everything's in conjunction with the Secretary of the Interior standards for, um, for rehabilitation projects. We're not going to alter any of the uh, existing historical artifacts we're just making them new again um and and that's it in a nutshell just uh five small projects all just to shine them back up to what they're supposed to look like and make sure that they're representative of the type of care that the community has for our veterans and those who've sacrificed their lives for our nation and our community so thank you for for hearing me tonight like you're doing these one at a time or all at once oh that that was all five at once. They're all very similar circumstances. Okay. And you're looking for a support letter because you have conditional approval from CPC to do this work already. That, that is correct, Doug. Okay. Um, some very minor questions. Are they painting the faces after they clean them or is that how no. I understood that? No, just resealing them. Okay. They've, they've oxidized and the um the brass is running down the front of the memorials and it's just it's kind of unsightly and it's uh it's not up to snuff so we okay, don't want things covered in moss and oxidized brass and generally unkept because that's not the type of community that we are we we care and it's been 80 years since they put up so times time to uh shine them up a bit yep yep no i, I just want to make sure that they are not um irreversibly altered uh to the point where it's not we're not viewing what the original many of these uh were probably put up by uh or relate to Amelius champa who was a very well-known sculptor here in the city of medford uh and uh it would be great just to highlight those uh the one that i did notice is the uh the the poorly located one at, at uh i think you said yeah. circle uh which is at roosevelt uh any chance is that at the wedge of the rotary that's the the Griffin Memorial in the Rotary. Yeah, um, is it is it accessible by to the general public? Because if it's not, I would highly advise moving it while we're restoring it. I I don't know if if we can move it or where we'd move it to. That's not something that I'd really uh, planned out. I'd have to reach out to DPW and Mass DOT and select a location. And I know that they've already moved a bunch of memorials down to the DPW yard from the. Um, Oh, what's the park on George Street with the uh, 
the plantation house and they had the slave Royal house. Royal house. Thank you. Um, the, I know they moved the uh, the memorial from the Royal house down to the DPW yard while they're fixing the uh, the base. I don't know uh, if they'd take another one down there or tentatively where we'd relocate it to. Uh, uh, I, I would prefer it to be where it was originally intended. That way I'm not changing anything about the memorials, but no, I, I understand that. No, this was probably relocated uh, given the, the, I mean, it was probably relocated for the 95, 93 construction. It's just, it's not publicly accessible where it is now. So uh, I would recommend that we relocate it near the, either the existing Roosevelt Circle Monument on Forest Street, or there's a large plot of land, uh, which I don't know whether MassDOT owns it or whether we, uh, whether uh, the city owns it or who owns it because it's a, like a remnant of uh, the Fells Way, um, perhaps that's a better location for it than this particular wedge because it's it's doing no it's doing no justice than other than being seen by you know maybe thousands of cars, but they're not going to treat it like somebody might would and 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 I wouldn't I would not uh, you know hang up on this project, but I I would say that it would we'd be better served relocating it to a place where we could read it near nearby, not definitely not relocated out of its context. I would just relocate it somewhere else in the rotary there's plenty of space there okay well uh we'll i'll try to figure out a better location for it uh in the interim we can work on getting the the face and the stone restored yeah mike i'm, I'm happy to go take a look out there tomorrow and get back to you just so it, it's obviously that's a different project i mean we're just here for this for the restoration part but i i don't disagree with you ryan i completely agree the setting is terrible so that's a different project but i think it's worth considering yeah. What's the total amount of the, did you bundle these all together? Uh, they're broken up by the CPC. Originally the CPC was granting all small uh, claims requests at one time, as long as they're less than $5,000 each. These came in individually at $2,835 each. And uh, so bundled up just under $15,000. The restoration's also being done by a uh, Marine Corps um, OIF veteran who's also a Medford resident. So, um, and he's done one for the past uh, up in the Heights. Um, oh, what's the name of that memorial? Tolland Square Monument. That's at Watervale and Lund. So if you want to take a, a drive by there, they, they did a very nice job restoring that one. Again, uh, that was a neighbor who was sick of looking at it rotting and reached out and said, hey, this isn't reflective of who we are as a community. So I guess the trend caught on and uh, we went from one to five and here, here we are. Are there others that still need to be done? Oh, definitely. This is just the first batch. <laughs> um, Great. I'm also doing a project. We're on stage one or two to... Um, Restore Amelia's Champa's World War One monument at Oak Grove, Playstead, and uh, Winthrop Street. So, um, Daedalus Conservation is doing the initial land assessment, and there's a landscape architecture out there. We're going to make it in compliance with the ADA requirements and redo the road and clean all the stones and fix the base and light it, and it's going to look pretty good. So, hopefully by 2023 or 2024, that should be uh, pretty spiffy. Yeah, that one's a hell of a lot more complicated just because it's a huge setting there. And I've been working with Mike and and, and Dee Morris and others to try to kind of get that. That one has just got 
major accessibility issues. It's got um, a lot. These other ones are much simpler, much more direct. That one's, it's just gonna, it's just more complicated. There's just so much more involved. That's the same one that Dee brought to us like a year ago, right? That's yes. correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've been working with Mike. We, we've Great. been chomping away at that for like 18 months straight. <laughs> um, so well, other notable you. wins, we, uh, we were able to renovate the, um, <laughs> the one on Forest Street, the World War I honor roll on Forest Street in front of the condominium complex using a state grant. So, um, so we're, we're at it, you know, we're not resting on our laurels and these will be a uh, nice little morale builders. These five, uh, stepping stones. No, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> no, I think that we can probably all agree. This is money well spent CPC money well spent. So what's the next step, Jen? What do we need to do here? Um, do, do we need a motion to write a letter? I don't, I don't know. I guess, I, I, I guess it wouldn't so. hurt. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll make a motion to let her write a letter of support for these applications. So moved. So second. Okay. Peter, what's your vote? Yes. Abby? Yes. Uh, Ryan? Yes. Ed? Aye. Doug? Yes. Okay. Five zero. Full support. All right. So we will work on that letter and get it to you ASAP. And we wish you the best of luck with your project. Keep us posted on everything. Let us know how we can help you in anything. And, uh, you know, you're always, always welcome to come to our meeting. It's overly yeah, exciting. Sure. Uh, <laughs> as, we, as we knock them out, uh, I'd love to extend the invitation for everybody to come out there for the, uh, the photo. Um, oh, you know, so the more the merrier. And thank you very much for having me tonight. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time I'm on. <laughs> no, thank you. And we'll... Um, we can probably do a little shout out on our, on our Facebook page too, that we support this project and it'll get you a little more visibility and um, yeah, we, you know, maybe we can do some nice before and after shots. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. But uh, yeah. like I said, thank you very much for squeezing me in and I appreciate it. And uh, until the next time, everybody have a great night. Thanks Mike. Good to see you. Bye. Okay. Okay. Um, so we have two additional applications for demolition we're supposed to be accepting. I don't know that anyone else is here. Do we need the petitioners to be here? I mean, it, it would be nice, but uh, they submitted the paperwork to us. So I, I would say we're under a deadline to accept. Okay. And the, the caution is on them to, you know, come and clarify if they if we misinterpret anything, but that's, that's why it's important. They know the date. So. Okay. Well, next on the agenda then is 120 Jerome street. So we are receiving an application for demolition. Um, this one is in the Google drive as well that we sent the link around. Um, let's see. And I, if I remember correctly, this one also is full demolition. Yep. One, two, zero. No. So this is, this is, so this oh, this is, is a, partial, excuse me. Yeah, this is a partial demolition, just so it's clear. Uh, the building's roof is coming off and the building is uh, being altered beyond original recognition. So um, because of the level of alteration, I thought it would be a good idea to review this building as we would um, other buildings of this scope, um, just to make sure that we're not missing anything. Uh, it's in the Afro-American district of West Medford and 
And, you know, as you know, we surveyed several properties in that area. Um, so there's a high likelihood that this relates to the neighborhood context. Um, and, you know, I, I think we need to review the act of demolition and then, you know, maybe take a look at the proposed design at, after the fact if we need to go that far um, and uh, just go from there. So it, it is partial demolition, but it is it is major. It's a it's a full gut rehab with the roof coming off and the building. Uh, are they going to add a full second floor onto this, do you know? Uh, they're adding a story and a half. So they're raising the roof. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, it's becoming it's going from a bungalow to a more traditional colonial two story. Yeah, yep. yeah, the plans are there, Peter. Oh, they it's, are. It's, yep, they it's, are. It's, it's so dramatic a change. The house is basically it's just it's almost a start over. Mm -hmm. Anyone who walked by that house with this, they would never know that that's the house that was there before. Oh, I see, I see it now. We've seen that before, Peter, and a, a couple other ones, you know, mm, 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 some of the ones we've complained to the city about are exactly this, you know, they were, they were houses that were so transformed that there's nothing there yet. There's nothing to remind you of what was there, so. And for what it's worth, according to the application, it's a single family staying a single family. Hmm. They're just doubling the amount of square feet, it looks like, almost, hmm. maybe more. Yeah. And a adding, lot. Adding a lot of bedrooms. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, uh, just to be clear, uh, this is the same developer that went through uh, 51 Fulton, I believe, but, I, you know, they're not here to clarify. Um, that's the one that we approved the garage and then the house went down with it, so... I mean, one wall of the house is there. So, you know, these are the type of demos that we want to capture to make sure that we're abiding by the spirit of the bylaw. So, the lot's fairly small, ironically. Yeah, I don't think the house is going to double in size other than in height. Mm. So, um, having reviewed the application, I make a motion to accept the application as complete and to review the significance next meet meeting. Uh, I will add a second motion to create a MHC form B and allocate $500 from our budget for this property. Second. second. Oh, go ahead. Uh, let Ed, I'll let Ed second that. Uh, so we have a motion for 120 Jerome to accept the application for demolition and also to um, spend $500 to order a form B for this property. A motion has been made and seconded. I will go around for roll call. Peter? Yes. Abby? Yes. Ryan? Yes. Ed? Aye. Doug? Yes. What are you laughing at? The, the I. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So 5-0, we accept the application. We will order the form. I will let the petitioners know that we will find for significance at the next meeting on November 9th. And we will take this one one step at a time as usual. Okay. Next up is basically the same thing. Uh, one, uh, there's some confusion on the address here. It's 
They're saying one eighteen Dover. The public record says one sixteen Dover, but it's the only property there. It's one eighteen Dover. Um, this the the paperwork is in the Google Drive for this one as well. This was a house that apparently was struck by lightning a year ago or so, um, and the they want to you know obviously want to tear it down and rebuild. Um, so we just need to get the process started for this owner. I make a motion once everybody's reviewed the application to find the application complete and to an order an MHC form B for this property. It's a very unusual style. Um, it's almost a Tudor, Tudor Cape with an attached garage. So it's uh meshing of two styles in the probably the early 20th century. It's definitely a funky little house. I actually went by and drove by and took some pictures and it from the outside it looks very interesting. I, I'm real curious to see if the, there's anything on the form of any interest or uh, what happened at this house. This was all because of lightning? Apparently. Uh, the roofs caved in. I mean, it's been a year, so I think there's obviously been further damage. I think, was there a, there must have been a fire then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then I don't think Paul Moki did not condemn the building for whatever reason. So this really looks like it should be condemned. They've they've conducted several walkthroughs based on the notes in the permit. Yeah. System. They have not condemned the building yet. Um, I mean, it, it could have had a fire, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's structurally unsound or a hazard. I mean, it could be so far back from the road. It is a little bit back from the road, Jen, right? Yeah, it's back and it's up. It's like on this interesting little hill. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful spot, like great location, well, nice there's spot. There's a hole in the roof for a year. How could it not be just destroyed? I think it's been longer than a year. I think it's been several years. I'm sure I bet you I bet you if you googled I bet you there was either an article or you'll find record of it in the fire department that they went out there like there's got to be like I'm sure we could easily find the date on when this happened okay. more out of curiosity than <laughs> so than okay not. well I'll second his motion if unless it was already seconded <laughs> no it was not so we have Just a motion a oh go ahead Ryan August 8, 2019. So it's only been a little bit more than a year. It was struck by lightning at 1 a.m. That's Yikes. terrible. Yep. Um, I don't see okay. how, it could, how could it be that damaged in one, one year? There was a fire. That's what happens when lightning strikes a building. Yeah, and if it's been <laughs> raining and snowing and elements and been getting in there, I mean, you know, if they didn't tarp the hole or whatever, it's just probably gotten worse. Okay. Maybe they well, didn't condemn it because the owner still needs to go in and out to get things. Like, who knows? I don't know how that works. Uh, the report on Channel 7 website is that it was not occupied at the time of the strike. Oh, well, that's good. Because there's a picture on these pictures where it's blue. It's actually blue in this one picture. There's no way you can lose all the blue in one year. On the mm. 
interesting. If it's the same house, I don't know. Looks like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a funky little house. Um, yes, Abby, go ahead. Um, I think, I mean, all the time, we often accept uh, applications for um, for demo without the owners being present or without any representative um, being present. Um, so in so that's not the problem here, but I am wondering if we have so many questions that there's something incomplete about this application. I mean, not that one has to declare a fire or like explain what happened with the lightning, but do we have too many questions to consider this complete? Are people feeling like there's something we don't know that we should know? Because, and that, you know, somebody might answer if they were here, but. Um, I, I think it's proper as to form, which is, I think, what we do at this stage. Okay. And the, uh, we'll see form B, and I presume the owners, and again, from everything which is indicated, it is the owners, not at this point, not a contra, you know, not a, not a flipper who is putting this application in. So, okay. no, it's, it's fat. I'm sorry, Abby, us to make, yeah, I was curious if sort of putting us in the position of like trying to make assumptions or guesses was meant that there was something incomplete. No, I, I think that yeah. I think that's really for sustain that that's really for significance. Jen, okay. Peggy, yes. uh, Peggy chimed in via email. She said it's a lightning oh. strike that happened on uh, 8 8 2019. Great. So she must be watching. Thank you, Peggy. That's the owner. Um, I've traded a couple emails with her and, um, you know, she, um, I think she's just ready. I think they, they, from what I understand that there's been some insurance, you know, they've been dealing with the insurance company and now they're finally ready to, to get on and, and rebuild. So, um, so forgive me. Cause I feel like, I know a lot about this because <laughs> and I emails and maybe that didn't come across. I'm like, no, we're, I don't, I don't, I think it's just, it was an interesting, you know, it's an interesting little house. So, um, Ryan did, um, I heard the email chime, but I just, I don't know if we want to give it a second to see if, if Peggy has any more questions for us yeah, or I just asked her if uh, the home was okay. occupied for the lightning strike. I'm just curious uh, when the last time the home was, uh, yeah. was occupied. God bless technology. This is exactly why we, this is great. I'm so happy that she's checking in via the email. That's exactly yep. the intent. That's what we want. And uh, that, that tells me that other people are watching. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Med for Community Media. Um, well, let's, let's, um, is our, is everybody okay to vote? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I feel comfortable and confident that she'll respond. And, and I just our, heard it ding. So do you want to see if. Yeah. She just said the, uh, the hole was caused by the, uh, by the fire. The house has been gray so far as she knew during her time. Okay. So. Okay, so we have a motion on the table to accept the application for demolition at 118 Dover Street and um, a motion to spend $500 to get a form B for this property. A motion that's been seconded, so I'll go around for roll call. Peter? Yes. Abby? Uh, um, uh, vote to accept. 
Ryan? Yes. Ed? Yes. Doug? Yes. Okay, great. So five zero to accept the application. Um, so we will order the form B on November 9th. We will um, review this property for significance. Um, Peggy, I will email you the agenda once we have it. And um, in the meantime, if you have any additional questions, you just let us know. Jen, are we sure we're gonna have the form B in three weeks time? Yep. Yeah, I actually asked Ryan that earlier today and we will expedite them to make sure we have okay. um, all three that we ordered tonight for the ninth. Great, thank you. Thanks for checking on that. Um, does anybody else have any new business? No, okay. Um, so just continuing on with our agenda. Um, update on the progress of the permit review subcommittee. So I think, um, well, Peter and Doug really, um, since Ben is on a hiatus at the moment, um, you know, Ryan's been pulling the report on Friday. We've been sending it out, um, taking any comments over the weekend and sending it back to the building department on Monday. Um, we seem to be in a pretty good rhythm. Um, we've had some questions back both by homeowners and the building department two to three weeks later after we've blessed some of these with questions. And, um, you know, we've been able to refer back to the report saying, yeah, we looked at this and it's all set and it's been all set for a couple of weeks. Um, so it's nice that, you know, Ryan came up with this report and we're uh, turning them around over a weekend and we seem to be in a pretty good rhythm. And I think clearly that, um, you know, tonight that we have some new cases since we haven't had any since, I mean, really spring um, shows that the process is working. I'm uh, uploading all of the reports so far for the last two weeks. There hasn't been anything for you guys to review. So that's why you haven't gotten uh, any sort of update. <laughs> Yeah, we um, should definitely put them in the Google Drive, Ryan, and have a folder for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it right now because I was going to ask if maybe Doug and Peter might want to just take the lead and, and just continue to assemble these. I'm finding that um, it's taking a little bit. Uh, it takes about an hour to go through and, and create one of these reports just so that we can bless all of these stuff. And, um, and you know, it'd be great if I could just hand it off to you guys. I'm happy to do it, but it's just a... Uh, Right now, I'm finding it a little bit hard for just myself, uh, just for like maybe the next two weeks to, to take care of it with Jen. Okay. Um, it's usually, yeah, it's pretty, it's a simple process. What I do is I go in, Jen has the document set up so that it prints a report for the week. Um, and I usually give it until Friday night because people can apply over the weekend for permits now with end holidays. So, um, you have to include those days because sometimes the applications come in over that time. And then it's just, we go through and check to see what, you know, what scopes of work we want to call out. Um, you, if there's any questions for buildings, I sometimes check dates of them. And, uh, you know, on average, we're probably reviewing at, at max 10 permits in detail. There's usually 120 or 30 that come in every week um, 
the it, this is great for statistics because uh, you get to see all the stuff that comes in on a regular basis uh, by and large where you know out of 100 say 25 on average we're picking 10 and maybe one of those buildings is reviewable by the commission and so then you know we're not holding anybody up by and large that a lot of this is the building department just not having enough staff to keep up with the requests and sometimes you know rightly clarifying with us after the fact just to make sure that we really did sign off on something mm -hmm. ryan is the building department short short-handed have they lost people yeah they uh john babuso retired um jeff fargo i believe has left his position so right now i think it's just um paul Moki, uh, and ken and dennis, dennis. And dennis. the yeah. other There's dennis yeah <laughs> the, uh, the mayor has supposedly advertised for two positions uh to fill the hole so i i you know and i, I think she had applicants uh come forward and that they were reviewing them uh i said that we would be open to meeting with the whole department just to make sure everybody gets up to speed. I, I don't want to mention any details because I don't know uh, whether those people did did or not, did not make the cut. But uh, if they did, I think that they will be, uh, the, the building department would be good good order with five. Um, although I would be absolutely advocating for another position if the building department asked for it. You know, they, they need all the help they can get. You know, if they're getting a hundred and, 30 permits a week in the slow going into the slow time you know i can only imagine what the summer rush is going to be like i mean we were over 200 in september yeah there were there were days where it was like two 250 permits a week mm -hmm. um for people trying to get in before the before the winter all right and just jump in jeff's still there but he's just doing plumbing inspections now Okay. He moved over into the plumbing side, just plumbing, pure plumbing, because he was doing home and some plumbing. Now he's just doing all plumbing. Oh, good. I think part of the challenge, too, is that I think people are used to getting their permits quick. And, you know, the last time I spoke to Paul, you know, they have 30 days to issue a permit. And he said to me, we need every minute of those 30 days. You know, we are they're swamped. And I a lot of the a lot of the inquiries we're getting you know, are like, I, you know, I put my request in three weeks ago, and I still don't have my permit. And while my response to them is, well, you know, we have already signed off on this. So it's not us holding you up. My second piece to that is the building department has 30 days. So if it's if you're not on day 31 or later, then your your, you know, inquiry is premature. I think that's important, Jen, because when this initially started, there seemed to be some people agitating about this commission as if we were holding up the process. And that right. that's clearly not the case. We can demonstrate that um, mm -hmm. very well, yeah. especially with two people down in that department almost, or. Yeah. In fact, you know, Councillor Carviello has reached out to me personally on a couple of occasions and on, on every time he's reached out to me, I've said to him, we signed off on this two weeks ago. We signed off on this yep. three weeks ago. Here's the report that has it in here. Um, and so, you know, and again, and I've said to him, it hasn't been 30 days yet because we can see the, we only have read only access, but we can see that the, the date the permit was applied for. 
And I think, you know, I think people need to start realizing that this, we, they are going to get pushback and that they should intend to wait their 30 days. Yeah, I, I just don't want us to be a scapegoat for this because historically Medford would take 30 days for a large building, like a hundred unit apartment building. They wouldn't take 30 days for a renovation or an addition. They never used to do that. That's just not where they were historically. So this is something that's different because they're shorthanded. I just don't want this committee, this commission to be, and obviously we're not the, the, the scapegoat for, for anyone who's upset about their not getting, not reading the fine print on the permit that says 30 days. Right. And that's what, you know, that's what I say. I don't know what the normal turnaround time is. Right. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure people are used to getting their stuff done sooner, but I think that if they're shorthanded and they, and they have an exponential number of permits now coming in because it's easier and people can do them 24 seven, then, you know, then I think it's up to the building department and, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a PR issue in the sense that like they need to get the word out to people that, you know, Hey, we're drowning and your permits might take a little, little bit longer. Um, And that's why I think that's partly why, you know, we've all had conversations with regards to like, our goal is to turn these around within a couple of days. Like we, we, you know, we want to help them and be like, it's off our plate back to you. And, you know, so that they can turn them out as quickly as they can and as quickly as they want to. Well, this is a, go ahead, Abby. Abby, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. A couple couple things. Um, uh, When we first submitted the, you know, the, the letter about the gut rehabs to the mayor. Um, I think just in terms of Facebook and the website, we got a lot of, um, a lot of people who were happy that we had sort of taken, taken a stand on that one. And sort of, this is, you know, this is sort of a, a repercussion or a consequence of this, of that, that we're reviewing with the building department, all these permits. Um, and now that we've got, as, as we just said, sort of a, a rhythm to it, it might be time to just like put up a little, uh, you know, a little post about, well, at this point, this is, this is what we're doing now. We're looking at them and explain sort of what the, what the process is, that it goes from the building department to our review and we hand it back and the building department takes their 30 days with the staff that they have. Um, I don't know that I'm the person to write up a, quick, you know, two minute read on the, on the process, even though, you know, I am paying attention to it and participated in it a little bit, but, um, but I could, I could write it up and someone else could look at it or someone else can write it up and I could, I could post it so that, so that people do get an update on, you know, what happened to, um, to that kind of gut rehab oversight um, question. Go ahead, Ryan. I I think we should just uh, make sure that we stick to our department. Right. Yeah. Just, just say that, you know, and, and I can explain that in five seconds, that, that when permits come in, um, we review them from the previous Friday to the current Friday. Um, and from there, you know, the permits have been sitting between one and seven days. And at the end of that research, uh, you know, we have to look at, you know, we look at maybe 10 permits a week um, that meet the threshold for scope. We confirm the building's age, and then once we confirm the building's age, um, you know, then it gets passed on to either the commission or it gets signed off as part of the memo. 
it. So it's a, you know, it's not an overly complicated process. We just, you know, we can certainly make people aware and, you know, we could make, I guess we could make, you know, the memos in my opinion to the building department have always been um, an internal document, a staff level document that's sent over to them. Uh, but those documents, I, you know, everything that we do is of course a public document, uh, but we could make those documents available on our website uh, there's, and, and just tell people that they can check to see if we have approved them. You know, we do a printout of all of the permits that uh, for the week and we show them what's approved. I just, uh, I just don't know how public we, uh, or the building department wants us to make that information. There's no contact for owners or anything. It's just people could see what's come in that week for permits. So I just don't don't know if it's a privacy issue or whether there's any negative. Maybe that's a question for, for the building department and the mayor's office to answer uh, just to see whether we can release that permit report along yeah, with our maybe memos. can we come make up a dummy one or something like this is an example of what it looks like and you know or just I, I, I agree. I think, I think we, we can just check on that. I don't know that yeah, I, th I think we can just show them what we've been producing for for the documents there and just say, you know, here's all of this. And, you know, I guess if the secretaries want to go through and check off and say, you know, all these permits got approved by the commission, uh, you know, that's just a whole mess of work when they could just refer back to the to the, uh, the report. You know, I, I keep that in a binder, um, you know, just so that I can you know, keep track of what's been approved and what hasn't. And, you know, as you, of course, have been checking for homeowners, um, you know, you, you can refer to that document the same way that the building department can. So, you know, I, I want to make it available for people if they need it uh, to save them the step of contacting us. But then again, I also like knowing who's, who needs to reach out to us. Um, I do want to also make the point, perhaps we stress with the building department that they need to make sure that they're referring to us as the historical commission uh i know john anderson sent us an email uh that the society is being contacted pretty extensively and i i know people mess up and and they don't do it on purpose sometimes they think society and commission are the same person but they're you know they're not so i just want to make sure maybe we get some sort of clarification there I, I, if they were doing it in person our card is sitting right there on the counter so Right. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say is that, I mean, the, the, I think the point, Abby, I think, I think the post is a good idea. And if you want to take a stab at it, and then Ryan and I can, you know, just double check it. The point being is that we're getting to the permits within the first seven days of the application, um, because the way we're running the report, and, you know, we're turning them around. I mean, we, we send out, we basically turn them around in three, three days, basically Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, and then yeah, at any, and then you know, Monday. and I think at any point and, and we've been getting inquiries in our email and we check it and we get right back to people like, Oh no, we checked off on this a couple weeks ago or whatever. And so anytime anybody has a question, um, you know, as always, they're happy to email us and we'll kind of check right, check right away to make sure um, that it's there or it's, if, if for some reason, you know, something got missed by accident, but so far we, we've been pretty good. The, um, yeah, Doug, go ahead. Last comment on this issue, it's somewhat related, is that we had been preparing a pretty extensive 
presentation to the city council about these issues, about the letter? Mm-hmm. Is that never going to happen, or is that is, it, is this is that time passed, or what's what's the latest on that, if anything? I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, we have not heard anything about a committee of the whole meeting being scheduled. I mean, I'm still obviously. I think if if they still want to do it, obviously we'll talk to them. And I think, um, you know, uh, we were not on last week's city council agenda. Um, I haven't seen the agenda for this week. So is there a meeting this week? Are we back no. to every week now? Is it every other week? I think it's every week, but I think that Columbus Day may have been, you know, uh, yeah, it should be, it should be, it should be this week. The last time I know we were on the agenda, um, there was a line item about, you know, uh, Councilor Caviello was complaining that homeowners weren't being notified that their stuff was going through historical commission and, you know, they're being told they're being held up and then we're telling them they're not. And I I explained to him, I said, we don't have access to people's contact information. Like that's not something that we have available. And um, so, you know, they, any questions they have should go to the building department. Um, So haven't heard anything else since then. I do think we should still be prepared to meet because I feel that that will happen. It's just a matter of time and what is there, you know, uh, what's on, on their minds that week or not, or, um, because I think obviously there's still, you know, I mean, there are a couple of them there that certainly wanted to change the, the ordinance. So we have to see if that comes back around. But, you know, just we have not heard anything at that point up till now. So I think we should continue to work on our presentation. And I'll, I, I have put it aside, but I'll come back to it. And we'll, um, you know, I think just keep working on it so that when we do get called, we'll be ready to go. Okay. Um, anybody else have anything on that topic? Okay, we'll move on to, um, well, update on properties currently under demo delay. We now only have one property under demo delay because everything else has expired um, as of uh, October 8th. Um, So the only property under demo delay right now is 43 Pleasant Street. And I have not heard, we have not heard anything from those homeowners if they would like to talk about anything with regards to their property. So... Um, and I don't know, I was on Magoon street the other day, the carriage house is still there and the door was open and it was like filled to the brim with stuff. So I don't know that they're any closer to demoing that (laughs) carriage house anytime soon, which is ironic since they asked us to lift it two months early. So anyway, they may just put everything in there and then bulldoze it over, unfortunately. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, CPA projects. Hi, Doug. <laughs> so we put in uh, for phase one of Thomas Brooks Park. Um, our application is officially in. Um, I'm assuming we'll be on. Are there two sets of public meetings, Doug? Yes, they split it over two nights. They just they cut it in half, so you have either one night or the other. They'll tell you which one to go to to present. 
Um, I have an update on that just in a broad sense. And when I first, when we first got the preliminary uh, applications for the, for um, would they be viable? There was a lot more money requested than what was available, but some, not all of them put in final applications. So actually we, if we have, if we so choose, we can fund every project now. Oh, which wasn't great. which is good good for for our application for your for the Thomas Brooks Park and whatever we end up doing uh, for any any other ones so um, you know I think I'm, I think we made a good case um, I know that there was some discussion on email about about project management and the CPC just wanted to you know they didn't they didn't ask this because they don't think we can do it they just they have seen applicant applications that people who did not have the skill sets to do the project properly and they just want to be sure that we feel comfortable that we can pull this off and I'm sure we can address that at the actual presentation and saying that we 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 feel highly confident based on the experience and the skill set of this board this commission that we'll be able to pull it off so I, I think that should be a non-issue going forward yeah and Ryan was kind enough to check in with like um uh, you know, accounting and procurement and um, Alicia, and we definitely have support from everybody there. Um, <laughs> what did you say? I said support from everybody. Everybody is 100% behind us. <laughs> Great. That's good. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully, um, do we know what the second night is? I just wanted to put it in my calendar. Yeah, let me let me dig that up. Give me a minute. And I'll, okay, I'll just because my schedule's crazy. Because um, I saw the first list come out on Facebook, and I was like, "Ooh, we're not on that. Is that a bad sign?" And then I'm like, "There must be two nights." <laughs> um, so hopefully uh, we'll get our funding for that, which would be for the restoration of the Fieldstone Wall along Grove Street, um, the restoration of the Pomps Wall and the archeological dig, which would be super exciting. And I think a great PR uh, for the city. Jen, what date did you have in your calendar? I didn't have any date cause I haven't gotten an email. All right. But I, I just knew that we weren't on the first batch. Okay, November 5th, November 12th. It's two successive Thursdays in a row. Those are the two dates that all of them will be discussed. I'm just not sure who's on which date. That would be Danielle's choice, I think. Okay, that's fine. I'll just block off both of those nights now just to... Yep. 6.30 um, to like to like 9, just to cover yourself. Okay. Thursdays okay. are usually okay for me, so it's the beginning okay. of the week that's hairy, so that's fine. Uh, I'll be there to make sure they don't ambush you, too. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's a friendly bunch. Oh, it's, it is. Absolutely. And this is a great project. No, it'll be uh, great. I mean, it'll be great. If you let me know in advance, I can walk through with um, the uh, coordination with the city. Yeah, or just give me like a flow chart. <laughs> I, can you, I can give you a one-page summary for them, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I know, are we rolling in the trees to something else? I know that that was talked about. Can you give us an update? <laughs> Um, yeah, the short story is that Trees in Medford thinks that the cemetery needs a tree inventory, which um, sort of coincides with, I think, the feedback that I got from the um, 
the uh, the landscaper or the the tree people that I had come look at it, they didn't. Uh, yeah, they they thought that um, that someone with tree experience needed to assess the readiness of the space and what was there and the health of the trees that were there. Um, so I I. And Trees Medford is applying to CPC to do the tree inventory. The sort of weird part is that when I, and, and then Trees Medford asked me for a, a letter of support for the tree inventory. And I said, oh, this is exactly, I think, what needs to happen in the cemetery. Um, the only weird part was that before I wrote that letter of support, I checked in with Danielle at CPC and I said, I, I this is not just some like pro forma, letter of support i literally think this needs to happen um before you know or instead of my project or like before any trees get planted in the cemetery it was a step that like i didn't know existed and that like mm -hmm. um anyway but but danielle gave me the sense that cpc couldn't or probably shouldn't approve a tree inventory and that this tree inventory according to her, didn't have much of a chance of going through. I don't know if that, yeah, I, so, so I sort of don't know where that stands. I don't know if they're on the agenda, Trees Medford is on the agenda. I don't know if they've gotten feedback to sort of change their application. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a mystery because from, you know, from my perspective, it's probably the next right step, but maybe it isn't something CPC wants to get involved in. I, so it's a, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was sort of waiting to hear from either Trees Medford or CPC whether they thought, yeah, the tree inventory was something that they could, they could go, go forward with. Doug, do you know, is, is Trees Medford on the agenda for a cemetery project? Um, just looking at some of the documents that I received from CPC, um, give me a minute and I might be able to find them for you. While they're, uh, while Doug's doing that, I know uh, the Historic District Commission uh, put forward Fred Soul and Doug and I kind of worked with him a little bit to try to put together a plan for how uh residents in the historic district can access the uh cpc funding but uh, my understanding is they've turned that down so uh, so that's out who turned it down the cpc uh, i don't know if it went to the full board maybe it did but um maybe i know danielle got back an email pretty quickly to thread Um, okay, well, while Doug's looking for that, we can move on. Um, any updates on survey projects? Yeah, we're, uh, we're cruising right along. Abby and I met to review John Clemson's proposal. Um, he's the only proposer for the Wellington project. Um, we received the contract back from the state. Uh, last step is to present the contract to John. Um, he knows it's coming we just uh, had to wait for the state contract we'll be underway in wellington oh uh we received the next year's application so if i remember correctly and maybe abby chime in if you remember uh, i think we chose the area between medford square south and 
um, Winter Hill. That's all the tourist yeah. country resources where the racetracks are. And then we, yeah. we put off Fulton Heights until last. So I think that will be our next application. It's due in the middle, like November 21st. So we get a, that'll be our next task after we get John under contract. And what is that like South Medford proper? Is that what? Uh, yeah, it's, it's called, I think the Brickyards and the oh, okay. uh, combination park in the Brickyards. Okay. Great. Yeah, that's moving. That's moving forward. Great. Um, any uh, ob anything to update on local historic districts? Obviously, Foster Court got shut down, unfortunately, from City Council. Um, I think the question now is, how do we move forward? Yeah, I uh, I have the forestry proposal. I just don't know. Uh, I just you know, I put it on hold for a second because I think we need to have some community meetings. Um, you know, I, I also think we need to re request the you know the city council discuss doing the city as a whole. You know, if we're gearing up to conclude the first wave of survey, I think it's best. You know, Mark suggested. Uh, that maybe city council might be able to find say $30,000 to uh, pull together a report citywide that lays out all the historic districts and the proposals and then, you know, have somebody execute them just all at once. That's a big task, but you know, that's what they're asking us to do, I think. So rather than do a piecemeal, I'm hundred percent behind a community wide survey of, you know, all the resources that we've surveyed and just lay out all the districts and, uh, you know, figure out what's left to do and how much to do it and just do it all at once. But I, I think that in the meantime, we're going to lose a ton of buildings knowing that this bylaw that we have, uh, you know, it has 18 months to, to work through our, you know, work through the issues of demolition. But, uh, you know, there's no potential to turn any of those buildings that we deem most advantageous into historic districts. So there's no, well, I think it kind of, I think, you know, it maybe lost some effectiveness, but you know, it's not toothless. So. I mean, I feel like there's a couple of questions here. The first question is, is this us or is this district or are we doing it together? And I think the other question is, how do we want to approach this? Is it a list of 10, 15, 20 properties that are vulnerable? Is it properties of certain lot sizes? Is it just straight up the historic district? Or do we want to try to, you know, the, you know, the, at the, some of the foster court meetings that talked about, you know, a list of resources. And if, you know, like, what are we defining here? And I think that, I think we need to be a little bit proactive and say, okay, we heard you, you know, this doesn't, doesn't, in addition to things that come up by demo delay, I think we could also, like, if, we could also say, well, we're working on this and this is, we're taking these three steps or whatever. And I think we need to get buy-in from, I don't know if it's the mayor or city council or whoever, 
you know, because there is no master plan for the city, right? So how, how, what, what are we supposed to follow and how are we supposed to proceed and how, what, did the, what does the city want us to do in this respect? I think that there's a bit of collaboration. So it's our responsibility to identify historic resources. So and that's what we've been doing over the last decade. We've added over 3,000 forms uh, to the Massachusetts um, database of uh, historic resources and uh, those go into planning. Yeah. Um, we'll go into planning and um, then the historic district commission is that it's their responsibility to move forward with districts. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, maybe they'll be motivated for that. You know, I think it's both of our responsibility to go after the citywide, um, citywide approach. I don't, I don't think, um, you know, one or the other could do it alone. I think both boards would have to collaborate on that. Uh, I, you know, I got word from the community development that a master plan is in the works, or at least a consultant to develop one. So uh, I want to make sure that we're in included in that and that preservation is included in that as well. So, um, you know, and, and that we have things that we can offer to community development to, for planning purposes, such as all the inventory. So. Um, you know, I, I think that there's just going to be a lot more collaboration as the community moves forward over the next year or two. So. Ryan, I, I was contacted by a firm that I think the city is hiring to do what I think is a master plan for the city of Medford, and that's Stantec. And they asked, they asked me to get involved to be um, to, on the historic side of things. So um, I said, yes, they reached out to me, but I think um, probably having someone else on this board who would, and, and I'm not sure who it should be, would probably be a good thing to have. Make sure we have all bases covered on the historic resources side of things when they start to look at the city globally and do what the city has never done in my lifetime, which is a real master plan. Yeah, I, think, I think that definitely makes sense. Um, I do think that it, it also makes sense that maybe we have a consultant that helps us because sometimes uh, planning consultants don't necessarily have the same eye as say the architectural historians or the, um, you know, preservation planning consultants. And, you know, I, I'll just use the Medford Square Master Plan as an example. The consultant there just created a local historic district with completely arbitrary boundaries saying that these are the or just a grouping of old buildings. That's not how you would define a district. A district is defined, of course, by its historic boundaries and development and the resources, their age and a number of conditions and their integrity. So I, I think that maybe making sure that we do what, you know, city council asks, which is, you know, work with the HDC and, you know, come up with these proposed districts. So then we can hand those to the, the larger planning process and say, how does this fit in with you know, what you guys are doing, where are you developing houses, where do we want to, um, where do we want to save historic resources and keep them singles and duplexes, you know, where do you want to encourage development and allow the demolition of buildings, so, you know, there's a number of things that, uh, that we want to consider, like, you know, is there anything on Mystic Ave that we want to save, or would we prioritize, say, 
the residential neighborhood behind Medford Square, where uh, between Forest Street and Governor's Ave, uh, and just let let Mystic Gap be redeveloped. So all of those are very important questions to the city, and I think you know we'll definitely be given the chance to chime in on those. Just my just my two cents and Milo's. I just don't want to be accused of being not being proactive. And I just, I think I don't, I don't want to sit around and wait for a master plan. I feel like we need to kind of keep the ball rolling on this. Um, and whether, you know, it, and, and just show some progress that we heard them and that we're, you know, um, not just sitting back waiting for something, somebody else to do something. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we'll continue to move forward. I mean, we have the, you know, obviously every year we get that survey and planning grant that that's moving forward. And, um, you know, we continue to work with the HDC. I mean, we have the forestry proposal that's, you know, obviously not going to go away. Um, you know, I think the neighbors might be a little bit upset if they learned that, that, that after all the work that we did, um, that Sharon, Fred and I put together that report for them and that they accepted it. It seemed like things were moving forward. Um, you know, I think that it just needs more development. Um, I think these whole things need more development, you know, more community input. And, you know, I think we just need to to maybe have just a few sit-down meetings where people air their opinions and ideas, and then we try to work those into, you know, working with a consultant to make those ideas a reality and balance both sides of the of the equation. So then what is the next step? Is the next step moving forward with Forest Street? Is the next step coming up with a short list uh, or at least some sort of like, we envision adding, I don't know, four to five local historic districts or we envision adding you know, 20 single house districts of our most vulnerable properties as you know, yet to be determined. Like, I think we just need to have a little bit of a plan here to so I say. yeah so I think we can loop two things into that so I think we should um you know and, and maybe I'll talk with HDC about this I think that the forestry process needs to um conclude the the initial public participation we need to survey all of the, the people that are interested we need to send notice to all the homeowners we need to hear them out on an initial basis to get their opinions on the district and the boundary. Oh, we just lost your audit. Hold on, Ryan, you muted yourself. <laughs> or the cat muted him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't his um, own Zoom call. Right. <laughs> um, the, uh, we had to get the planning board's opinion to see what their, their goals and what their opinions are on the district. And then uh, go back and, and just, you know, maybe say, okay, you know, while we have everybody's attention, we, you know, and maybe we'll just draw broad circles around, say, like, Haines Square is an important area, Medford Square is an important area. These are all the areas that we're thinking of doing districts, and maybe these are important resources by themselves that are surrounded by other things that we don't want to capture. You know, what's your opinion on that? And then once we have that, then we can go to City Council and asked for some money to pull it all together in a report um, 
and say, you know, we did the technical portion of it. We asked the public what they wanted. We gave them a few ideas. They gave us a few ideas back. We talked to city boards. They gave us feedback. You know, now we need to do the consultant to prepare the report so that we have some information on, you know, boundaries and, um, you know, historic information based on the forms that we prepared. And then just, you know, I'm advocating that we do it all at once. I, I think that that's what they're asking us to do. So. So here's a question. Do we, do we, do we float by city council that we still would like to move forward with forest street? Like the threat uh, is gone because the property has been sold. So like it's not reactive. I mean, it started out as that way, but now it's not. I think it no really depends. It depends on the public support. And uh, what I would advocate for is uh, if the public is, so inclined, I, uh, I think that we would push them to push the counselors to come back to the table for that proposal and ask us to bring it to the table uh, rather than us push it to them. Uh, I don't wanna, I don't think it needs to be forced. I think that it, it can come from them and say, you know, we'll hear this out because so many of our voters are asking for it. That's, that's how I would approach it. Okay, so then we should talk with HDC about the, getting that meeting scheduled. Yeah, or getting I, a I, public meeting scheduled for that. And yeah, the survey, we right? About, we, we talked about pushing it off until February sometime, no later than February, but February for some time to give people time to adjust for school and to settle in, to see what happens over the winter break. You know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. So we mm -hmm. just want to give people some time to you know work on things outside and then not have to worry about us just steamrolling a district through well i think that's a good idea i think what i'll do is i'll make a note so maybe on our december agenda uh just to revisit this conversation so that if we have an action item to get a meeting pulled together say for february then we want to give people notice that it'll have to go out in january so let's like I'll sure. just I'll just put it on here as like a reminder um, to just talk about it and see let's just see where we're at with COVID and and schools and you know um, um, how does that sound to everybody? Does that sound like a plan? Okay. And then I guess in the meantime, if we do end up at a committee of the whole meeting with the counselors, you know, there's a, we have a couple of things like this to discuss with them in terms of, you know, again, we heard you, how, you know, what is the best way that you would support us moving forward in all this? Okay. Um, Unless anybody has anything else, the last piece is just the minutes from last month. Um, I just uh, am letting everybody know that I'm working on um, just some very minor documentation for 16 Foster Court. So I think I just want to capture the multiple layers of history there. It's, uh, I'll see if I can try to pull together some of the layers. I didn't know if it made sense to ask Ari to... Um, maybe do some let 
Myron stock, you do some selective demolition there um, to try. There's not too much that we would need to probe, but there's some questions that I saw might need answering. Do we think that he would say yes? Um, I mean, he's got nothing to lose. I mean, it's our, it's our money. You know, it's not like we'd find the Holy Grail in there and that would stop the demolition. It would just be uh, us capturing information at this point. How much do we think it will cost? I don't know. I'd have to check. Um, historically, it's, uh, I mean, it's a smaller house. So, I mean, it could be anywhere between uh, two and 4,000, but probably on the lower end, depending on, but, you know, Myron comes up from, Myron comes up from uh, Connecticut. So I could, I could ask, I gotta ask him. I just was running the idea. So I, it's just, uh, there's some unusual features about this house um, that raise some questions. Like, it, you know, it started off as a very small one room deep building. And then it, it doubled in size to the current Cape configuration. But then, uh, you know, there were two chimneys. It's evident that there were two chimneys in here. Um, and that there's a different stair configuration, different features that, um, you know, are all part of the layered history of this building. But, uh, you know, he, he could do some really in-depth documentation before, uh, before this building goes down with just a, you know, maybe a few, a day or two in here. I mean, that's fine by me if, if Ari agrees. Yeah. I mean, you guys can go check out it on the Google Drive. You can see the reports that we prepared for like 333 Winthrop. And I think there's one on there for 25 Foster Court. Um, that was the priority building when that one went down. So. Do we need a motion for that? Or you want to just let us know if Ari says mm -hmm. yes? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know. And then I'll let you know it costs and We'll okay. Prove it. At next meeting, maybe. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Um, okay, let's review the minutes from last month. Ryan put the link in our chat. Move to approve. I can't even open them, but for whatever reason. It, it takes a minute to pop up. Yeah, just my, uh, my computer's being slow for whatever reason. Good. Um, okay, I have a motion to approve the minutes for September 2020, and that's been seconded. Uh, Peter? Yes. Ryan? Yes. Abby? Can you unmute? Approved. I wasn't there, but that was fine. Oh, thank you. Doug? 
Yes. Ed. Yes. Okay. Minutes approved. Five zero. And I will make a motion to adjourn at eight fifty p.m. Second. Peter. Approved. Abby. Approved. Ryan. Yes. Ed. Yes. Doug. Yes, please. Thank you, everybody. We will see you on November 9th at 7 p.m.